Meanwhile, at the Hall of Justice... Hello, my Josephine Bakers. This is your Marvin Masher, Matthew Sanborn Smith, and his Bernadette blending Beware the Hairy Mango. My apologies to Josephine, Marvin, and Bernadette. You were both good people and good eats. Today's story is all about second careers. Admit it, you'd leave your shitty job in a heartbeat once you realized there's something about Barry. Something about Barry by Matthew Sanborn Smith. Life was good for Barry. He had family and friends that loved him and a thriving career as a thumb model, advertising things like nail clippers and thumb scrunchies to keep your thumb hair tied back. He had a six-figure salary and his thumbs did the late-night talk show circuit. Then one day it all went to hell. Barry never saw it coming when he walked in that morning to do a demonstration video for the new thumb guillotine for children who couldn't keep their thumbprints off of nice things. Barry wasn't even worried when he lost his first thumb. He still had another, right? Before he knew it, a mob of French peasants was kicking both of his thumbs through the streets of Paris and his career was over. A team of surgeons worked round the clock for the next 12 days, attaching an experimental set of prosthetic thumbs to the sides of his hands. As soon as Barry was awoken from his induced coma, he ran from his bed to the nearest audition. There he received the shock of his life, when the mitten manufacturer refused to even let his thumbs read for the part. Robots don't wear mittens, cried the heartless mitten manufacturer. Barry left in tears because he knew it was true. His new mechanical thumb stayed warm all winter long. He got the same treatment everywhere he went. No one needed to tie back artificial mechanical thumb hair. No one needed to guillotine fake thumbs because robot thumbprints were programmed to wipe themselves off of nice things. He couldn't even get a job advertising for the maker of his experimental thumbs because the director of the ad thought his thumbs were too tall for the part. Barry's life was over. His wife left him because she had only loved him for his thumbs. His friends left him because they had only loved him for his wife. And his parents left him because they had only loved him for his children and they were just now realizing he had never had any children. Life had given Barry a big thumbs down. Barry resorted to a life of crime. He ran around the city sticking his thumbs into pies everywhere and removing their delicious plums. His bionic thumbs did have some uses, such as their plum detectors. The ravaged city populace demanded his head, and they might have gotten it too had their only guillotines been larger than thumb-sized. Barry got out of town quickly, hitchhiking like a champion with his dazzling hypno-thumb technology. He could get a ride with the first car he thumbed every single time and he needed that ability as his belly full of plums meant he had to be constantly dropped off at public toilets. He hustled his way across the country making thousands in roadhouse thumb wrestling matches. The police were always hot on his trail. Whenever they found no trace of thumbprints they knew Barry had been there. The authorities nearly caught him in a dorm room outside of Amarillo where reports had come in of the hanging of a fish poster that had ended in disaster. The thumbtacks had been pushed straight through the walls. The police knew Barry was nearby. The thumbtacks were still warm. But Barry was one step ahead of them, having slipped the local college students a good chunk of his wrestling money and an illegally imported thumbtack warmer to throw the cops off the scent. Barry thumbed his nose at the law, though in doing so he accidentally tore his nose right off of his face with his superhuman thumbs. Once word got out about that accident, the police had even more to go on, following the suspicious absence of nose prints. <laughs> If this story thumbed your drive, you can race it and other potty stops at the web sum of the opposable thumb where the hairymango.com. Can noodle joyously in the comments for this post or lamp email me and we'll head to the hospital to eel up at Matthew at beware the hairymango.com or join the ranks of fish suckers at beware the hairymango at gmail.com. Whenever we're trapped in an angsty ABC after school special, the SF and SF signal stands for stepfather. Not the creepy guy who married our mom, but the guy who created the staircase at the SFsignal.com offices. Now we can finally move up in the world. If only we had a 
second floor, we'd save a ton on all these insurance claims for head injuries. Tweeting your meeting that all the boardest of members follow me at twitter.com slash upwithgravity, where we subject poorly run cosmetics companies to hostile makeovers. Hey, that was the best I could come up with. I could have also said we subject poorly run landscaping companies to hostile rakeovers. That sounds like it could be a comb over for really thick strands of hair. You know what? I've got the template down. You should just fill in the blanks with your own show. Clicking the get the mango button on the homepage and spending $4 a month gets you everything you ever wanted out of life, provided your goals are dismally low. Two extra mango shows a month may supply you with all the get up and go you need to remain firmly seated while others around you run off willy-nilly, wasting their efforts on accomplishments. This podcast careens off of cliffs like Cliff Burton and Cliff Robertson in a strange celebrity afterlife in which only guys named Cliff go to heaven and podcasts drive on them before spinning out of control and descending into hell in hand baskets not of their making into the hungry maw of Lucifer's pet creative commons attribution non-commercial share like 4.0 international license. Until the American Quarter Horse overcomes its envy of the German two-thirds horse, this will or won't be Matthew Sanborn Smith reminding you if the runs are outlawed, only outlaws will have the runs. Good night.